want to read you just a few bits out of the book of Proverbs, uh, some bits out of the Psalms, just to really act as a bit of a meditation on the power of words. Whoever derides their neighbour is crazy, but the one who has understanding holds their tongue. Proverbs 12, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And I love this one from the message. This is Proverbs 15. Kind words heal and help. Cutting words wound and maim. As Christians, we're encouraged to build up to encourage other people. I found in my experience that it's very tempting at times to feel that you've been given the demolition job to do by God. Uh, it's what I call the, the telegraph beam in the eye moment, where you think you've worked out exactly what's wrong with the other person. And actually, God says, leave that to me. Your business is building up and encouraging. God is quite big enough when he needs to do a uh, demolition and rebuild job. And sometimes we have to be rebuilt by him. Ephesians says this, Ephesians 4, Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what's helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. As Christians, we are called to enter into a completely different culture to the world, which is often about carping, it's often about criticising, it's often about undermining, it's often about seeing the worst in the other person. Think of the agenda with uh, some of the football stuff that's been going on in the last couple of weeks. Uh, you think of even the news this morning about our, uh, the two international boxers, one of them uh, British, who had a spat name-calling. And in a sense, both those stories illustrate for me how the world operates. We're called to operate in a very different fashion. And the good news is that we don't have to do it in our own strength. We can clothe ourselves with God's attitude through the Holy Spirit who's already living in us. 1 Thessalonians says this in, in chapter 5, Therefore encourage one another and build each other up, and then there's a dot, 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 just as in fact you are doing. And I suppose the yardstick for us this morning is, if, if God was sending that letter to us today, as a church, would the writer of Thessalonians stop at that point, therefore encourage one another and build each other up? Or would the writer continue just as in fact you're doing? You know the answer to that. You know what fellowship life is like at the minute. You know its pressures. You know its peculiarities. You know its disappointments. You know its joys. You know its sadnesses. And we are called to be builders up. We are called to be encouragers. Ecclesiastes, I love the book of Ecclesiastes. There's nothing better than being wise, knowing how to interpret the meaning of life. Wisdom puts light in the eyes and gives gentleness 
to words and manners. Now I don't propose to go into a big exposition of the wisdom literature this morning, but when you read those early parts of uh, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, uh, you find the notion of wisdom being personified. And Jesus is our wisdom. Jesus for us is wisdom. Jesus living in us. And Jesus gives gentleness to our words, if we allow him. And Colossians 3.12 made, made a brief reference just a few moments ago. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. What do we clothe ourselves with? Sometimes we clothe ourselves with weapons of words. And the Lord says to us, don't do that. That's, that's not my way. Compassion wins out all the time. Mercy wins out. Gentleness wins out. Kindness wins out. Kindness. I think the best thing you could have it inscribed on your tomb would be he or she was a kind person. Gentle, patient, loving. Some of you who are great Old Testament scholars will remember the commission of Isaiah very early on in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6, and it starts off that wonderful phrase, in the year that King Isaiah died, saw the Lord high and exalted, and uh, Isaiah says, oh, I'm a, I'm a man of unclean lips, I'm undone, and uh, the seraphim come and they touch, they touch Isaiah's mouth with a coal, and, and the verdict then is given, uh, see, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. A bit like Brad said this morning, we move from this side of the line to that side. And I think sometimes when the Lord convicts us of these things, we just need to say to him, touch my lips again, make them clean. I've actually been involved in some saying things that have been unfair or unkind. And in closing, Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forgiveness, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. So let's live in the Spirit. And maybe the key for this is Micah 6.8. And I love this translation from the message. It's not the normal one but for me it's so so powerful but he's already made it plain how to live what to do what God is looking for in men and women it's quite simple do what is fair and just to your neighbor be compassionate and loyal in love and don't take yourself too seriously take God seriously and I think if we bear that in mind, take ourselves with a pinch of salt, our own importance, our own understanding, but take the Lord seriously, we'll maybe get there.